Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Happy Saturday to you. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Jason. I'm doing great. Excellent, excellent, Bill. We're already in October this year. It's just uh, uh, flying by. (laughs) Well, it's amazing to me that it's already October. Well, it's a new month, and that means that uh, we've got a seminar coming up that you're putting on. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the program, so Mm -hmm. please stick around to hear more about that. But, Bill, you've got an interesting topic that you want to get on here, and this is a little bit different from what we normally do, but it's still in the realm of asset protection. Well, you know, uh, I need to talk this morning, and and, um, the, uh, the primary topic that I want to talk about today may be uh, how do we protect our most important asset? And quite frankly, uh, now the the reason this is a little bit different, uh, and I want to explain why this is so important to all of us, is what we need to protect is the Constitution of North Carolina. Because... um, Truthfully, as a citizen of the state of North Carolina, our Constitution is our most important asset. Now, at broadly speaking, obviously, and we need to protect it. And quite frankly, this year, this election, we are truly in a constitutional crisis. And so the bottom line is I want to talk a few minutes about why that's true and what we need to do about it. Um, and, and, it and this is true. It, it, most people, I think, know me well enough by now that they know I'm middle of the road. I'm not pushing one way or the other too hard. Uh, and then I keep well informed. Th- that is uh, important uh, because, you know, we get so much noise from all sides, most people just tend to ignore it. And uh, this is an issue that's just too important to ignore, and I want folks to understand what's going on because it's not easy to understand. You know, most of the topics that I take on, um, whether it has to do with um, with personal asset protection, how to receive uh, government assistance, uh, uh, how to take care of your family, most of those issues are complicated in one way or another. And this is not unlike any of that. So the fact of the matter is, and it, this is important to all of us, whether we are Republican or Democrat, or libertarian, or green party, or independent. It doesn't matter whether we're white, black, brown, yellow, red, or if there's something else out there. The bottom line is it's important to all of us as citizens. Um, So what in the heck is it that I'm talking about? Because, and and quite frankly, it it starts with the fact that uh, one of the things that makes our state a great state is that we are very, very diverse. Now, the way the political pundits say it is we're a purple state. We're not solid red. We're not solid blue. We're purple. And how do I know that? Well, I mean, if you just think back to the governors that we've had for the last upteen years, 
at least by my count, we've had four Democrats and three Republicans uh, elected statewide. And why is that important for us to know? Well, first of all, that's with a statewide election, which we don't have very many people who are elected statewide, but that is the one kind of race that the legislature cannot gerrymander. And so I know there are a bunch of folks out there, and they're going, well, I've heard that word, but what does it mean? <laughs> well, uh, now, gerrymandering only occurs every 10 years, all right? And we're eight years, or almost eight years, into the gerrymandering cycle. Um, but gerrymandering is where the legislature cars up districts in, in other words, they're in control of those districts, uh, primarily to do one of two things, to protect incumbents of their own party, for the most part, and um, to uh, push the election so that one party has a better chance of winning the elections. So even though we're a purple state, one party right now because of gerrymandering, which is something that I disagree with completely, I think we need to have an independent commission. But I just want folks to understand what's going on. And the result, uh, I mean, the bottom line is they, with computers right now, and of course, we've, the last time uh, gerrymandering occurred eight years ago, or almost, um, the political lines were uh, divvied up with such precision with computer help um, that the results of the election were over before people ever voted. And that's why so many of us, you know, we lose interest because it seems like our vote doesn't count. And, and truthfully, the way the legislature has divvied up the districts, uh, our vote doesn't count for much, but it's going to count in this election because uh, we have a um, – it's, it's an off-year election, so we don't have statewide candidates, but it's going to make a difference because we have constitutional amendments on the ballot. And most people don't have a clue what these constitutional uh, amendments are or what what they do, but that's why we are in a constitutional crisis. Now, because of the gerrymandering, recognizing that we're a purple state, one party absolutely, totally controls the legislature, and it's veto-proof. Even though our governor has a veto, the legislature in both chambers, the North Carolina House and the North Carolina Senate, have enough folks to override any veto that the governor tries. So the bottom line is is that the legislature has a free hand at any kind of law they want to make but without fear of a, a gubernatorial veto. All right, so that's bad enough because truthfully it's always better if there's somebody who has the ability to say, no, that's a bad law, um, <laughs> I'm going to veto it. Uh, and it's a statewide elected official who answers to all of the citizens of state of North Carolina who has that power. That's the governor. Well, that's a good thing, at least in my opinion. It doesn't matter whether it's a Democrat or a 
Republican, it's a good thing to have that oversight on legislative power. Well, right now, uh, there is no uh, – I mean, the legislature has absolute control. And why is the legislature mad? Well, the legislature's mad because they've overreached on upteen different things, and the courts – have basic now, and by courts, I'm talking about the North Carolina courts that are made up of both Democrat and Republican judges. Have basically said to the legislature, "No, that's unconstitutional. No, that's unconstitutional. No, that's con- unconstitutional." So, what's going on this election cycle? The legislature, those slime balls, and I mean what I say, <laughs> they are trying to pe- have us as voters uh, pass constitutional amendments that will allow two guys, the the president pro tem of the North Carolina Senate and the Speaker of the House of the North Carolina House of Representatives, to absolutely control all branches of, of uh, government. In other words, they're attacking the judiciary now because even though their Republican colleagues in the in the judicial branch has told them it's it's unconstitutional, as well as the Democrats. In other words, it's bipartisan has said, you've overreached, you've overreached, you've overreached. Well, they don't like that. So what it, is, what it boils down to is you've got an all-powerful legislature, as it relates to the governor, because it's veto-proof, now trying to pull a fast one on voters to take control of the judiciary. And, and so you're saying, well, how does that work? Well, the legislature has already reduced the Court of Appeals by three judges, They've already uh, they've they've taken a nonpartisan election, the judiciary, and made it partisan again. We're the only state like that. I mean, in the whole country. And so, why are they making it partisan again? Because these two guys in the legislature controls their party, and if they control their party, and a judge has to cater to their party then that gives them some subtle control over the candidates of of their party. But it goes way, way beyond that. These constitutional amendments, and there are two out of six that are reprehensible. It's their attempt to take control of the judiciary. Now, when you say, well, wait a minute, that sounds partisan, Alexander. Where are you going? No, this is a nonpartisan issue, and I can't – now – this, uh, I would say, tell you that every former gov- governor agrees with me that these uh, amendments are horrible. They, they don't uh, – now, and I, you know, I've already said, you know, we've had uh, uh, four Democrats, three Republicans. So you go back to, to uh, uh, Jim Holzhauser, Republican, Jim Hunt, Democrat – uh, you have um, Jim uh, Jim Martin, Republican. You have um, what Mike Easley, Beverly Purdue, both Democrats. You have uh, McCrary, um, Republican, uh, Roy Cooper, Democrat. Basically, every one of them are uh, basically trying to get the message out that these amendments are awful and need to be voted down. Now, not only all the governors, but all of the former Supreme Court justices 
uh, all of them who are alive are against these amendments for the very same reason. And when we're talking about Supreme Court justices, and we're talking about the chief justices now, and we've got a number of Democrats and a number of Republicans who have served as chief justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court, every one of them to a person are against these amendments because they know it's a power grab by the legislature to take control of all three branches of government. Well, um, now, it's, it's, uh, for those folks who uh, know the personalities of some of the Supreme Court justices, you have Jim Exum, who's a Democrat, uh, and I would say most people would call Justice Exum a moderate liberal. And then you have I. Beverly Lake, both uh, Supreme Court chief justices. And now uh, Justice Lake would be probably the most conservative Republican you can find anywhere. He's also a constitutional scholar. When these guys agree on something, you better believe <laughs> it's, it's worth listening to. And they agree that these constitutional amendments are absolutely horrible, and the citizens of North Carolina have got to vote these amendments down. Why do, now, what are the amendments that they're talking about? Well, first of all, there, there is um, the, the – the, uh, uh, well, uh, let me – the First Amendment is to basically take the non-member eth, uh, a board of elections and make it an eight-member board of elections. Well, the bottom line is if they uh, – and it's a bipartisan board, you know, but they, if they know if they make the number equal, then the likelihood is that the board is, is going to end up being four to four so that they can do whatever – they want to do without fear of the election board changing what they've done or ruling against them. That's what's going on there. Um, so, um, uh, you know, the bottom line is that's part part of their overall plan to take care of, of the judiciary. And then um, uh, the, the uh, they also – um, uh, well, as it, they, they want to basically for the legislature to control appointments to the, the judiciary. So the bottom line is you got talking about these two fellas who are not elected statewide. They want the power to appoint the judiciary, to want to take it away from the governor who is elected statewide, who is responsible to all the voters of North Carolina. And these two guys won't control. Now, you have one guy that uh, is elected in a gerrymander. Both of them are in gerrymandered districts that are extremely safe. Nobody's ever going to be able to pull them out of office based on the way their districts are. And you have one guy who has a few... Uh, uh, districts down in Cleveland County and the other in Alamance County. And the bottom line is the rest of us in the state don't have any say over whether these two guys get elected or not. And based on gerrymandering, they're as, they're as safe as they can be, and they are the two all-powerful guys in the legislature are, who are pushing these amendments so that they can take control of the state government. 
And the bottom line is this is one time where Republicans and Democrats and independents need to come together and listen to our former governors and listen to our former chief justices of the Supreme Court, both Republican and Democrat, who are telling us how horrible this, this could be and vote these amendments down. It's just um, terrible. Now, I, I know I'm ranting, uh, and the bottom line is there's some few other things I, I want to talk about as far as these amendments go, but I know we have to take a break. But I hope that you can appreciate how important this issue is to all of us in North Carolina. You're on a roll, Bill, and I hate to stop you, but <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back, and we'll pick right back up. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Bill at WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And uh, Bill, we, were, we sort of framed this earlier uh, in the realm of asset protection as saying that the uh, North Carolina Constitution is. Uh, one of our most important assets here as citizens in North Carolina, and you've kind of laid out why we're in a constitutional crisis. But we have to come together as citizens to vote these amendments down. Now, you may, uh, you know, it's so rare when you have constitutional amendments put on the ballot. It's, it is has been in the past a rare thing. This year we have six constitutional amendments opposed, uh, uh, proposed by the legislature who are power-hungry slimeballs that want total control of, of the government. You know, one of the most important things about our Constitution is separation of powers. In other words, the legislature is supposed to pass legislation, pass the laws. And who's supposed to execute it? The executive branch, that's the governor. Uh, you know, who is has the responsibility and, uh, and is responsible to all the voters of the state to execute the laws. Well, the legislature is trying to take all of the governor's powers away from the governor, and they're trying to control the judiciary at the same time by making the appointments to the Supreme Court uh, and doing other things subtly, some not so subtle, to m- make that uh, happen and so two of these constitutional amendments are absolutely horrible and need to be voted down. But none of the six amendments that are proposed are actually necessary or even appropriate. And and so uh, for those who don't want to study it and and uh, don't want to understand the subtle differences, voting all of them down is not a bad idea because not a single one of these things are uh, needed in our Constitution. Uh, now, the legislature uh, not only proposed these things, but they took away the power of an independent bipartisan commission to try to explain to the voters on the ballot what these things were. 
So the bottom line is, guess what? Legislature said, no, we don't trust an independent bipartisan commission. We're going to make these explanations ourselves. And guess what? You know, when they're explaining them themselves, they're doing two things. Number one, they're putting the amendments in the light most favorable to 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 them, uh, and uh, they're throwing some curveballs in there where they're not truly explained where people understand them. In fact, some of them even sound okay when they're really not, and and that's um, uh, where it it really uh, comes from. So, um, what are the other constitutional amendments that hopefully all of us will get out and see on our ballot and and whether they're important or not. Now, the you know, the even the legislature even put them in the order that they wanted us to see. So what's the first constitutional amendment? Well, it is basically uh, the right to hunt and fish. Well, who doesn't like that? I mean, <laughs> but the bottom line is we already have the right to hunt and fish. Uh, and the bottom line is is that we don't know what the legislature actually has in mind, but they wouldn't need this constitution unless – this change to the constitution unless the courts had already said, no, you can't do that. And so they're putting this innocuous one first to lull us to sleep if you really want to get down there. And in essence, the, the thing is to allow traditional methods for hunting and fishing. But the problem is, and that's, where, that's the key word in this proposal because uh, that, that's, that term is not defined anywhere so guess what? The, after the, if this is passed, the legislature wants to step in and then define it, and we have no clue what that will mean. Now, anybody who hunts and fishes, and there are an awful lot of us who do that, um, the Wildlife Commission does a pretty darn good job of regulating hunting and fishing for the best interest of, of all of us. Uh, and, and that's – now, are they perfect? no. But they do a darn good job, and I'd rather the Wildlife Commission do it than the legislature. And so that's what this is about. Um, so don't get lulled to sleep on the First Amendment. It's it's not a good amendment. It's just that it's so innocuous that it's designed to put you to sleep so you'll vote for all of them, and that's, that's where you get to it. But it's not a good one. Now, what – is the uh, crime victims uh, thing. That sounds pretty good, too. And we've already seen uh, advertisements uh, on television touting how wonderful it is uh, to have a greater crime victims' rights. Well, the bottom line is crime victims already have rights in the statutes. We don't need a constitutional amendment. There is some talk about how this uh, will uh, allow the legislature to where uh, cities and counties will will not um, be able to become what they call sanctuary cities or, or counties. Uh, and that, that brings up emotions for all of us. Uh, and I, I can't, you know, sit here and say, 
this is good or this is bad, but it really comes down to um, Paul Harvey's What's the Rest of the Story? Because the bottom line is it does sound good to have crime victims uh, have additional rights, even if it, it, it is very, very difficult for our prosecutors, who are very conservative people and want to put people in jail, to, uh, to, to basically implement what this amendment is all about. But it, there is something to do with uh, sanctuary cities. And so what's, here's, here's where it really comes down. And it doesn't matter to me what side you're on, but as long as you understand what the dynamics of the issue are. Okay, so if you believe that, uh, uh, th- that basically there should never be in sanctuary cities so that if the federal government um, wants, uh, I mean, if somebody, uh, it, it goes to the courthouse and uh, the federal government wants them to detain a person uh, who may be an illegal immigrant um, to detain them and turn them over to ICE. Okay, that in itself seems okay. But the other side of the coin, what Paul Harvey says, the rest of the story, is the fact that what that actually does, it has a bigger impact on being able to prosecute. Now, why do I say that? Because guess what? If, uh, if folks know that they're, they're going to get turned over to ICE if they go to the courthouse, what happens? Guess what? They don't testify. They don't go to the court. When they're not the perpetrator, they're the victim, and they may be in a family with illegal immigrants. They don't go to the courthouse. They don't even uh, report crimes, but they're certainly not going to go as a witness to prosecute somebody else that needs to be put in jail. And so that's the other side of the coin where if a person knows that they can go to the courthouse and not be detained or questioned uh, or turned over to ICE uh, and possibly be deported, then that's important. So there, there are two legitimate sides to the story, but it's not all one-sided, and that's so the real question here is which is which one is more important? Is it more important that the perpetrator get turned over to ICE, which I think most of us agree with? But the other side of the coin is if we do that, then that pushes many, many citizens and others who are not citizens from reporting crimes or being a or agreeing to be witnesses to crime, where prosecutors can actually put away perpetrators, and so two sides of the coin. If you understand it and you have a side on it, then vote your side. That's what that's what elections are all about. But at the same time, if you don't understand it, I would say vote no because <laughs> it's too confusing as it relates to how it all works as it relates to otherwise. Now, there's a constitutional amendment that limits the income tax rate. Well, the bottom line is the tax rate is already extremely low in North Carolina, and it, we already have a cap on the income tax in the North Carolina Constitution. So why in the heck do we need another one? We don't. And so, again, it's, it sounds good, but it's absolutely unnecessary. And quite frankly, and this is something that a lot of folks don't realize, if it actually passes, 
it could affect our bond rating in North Carolina. North Carolina has and enjoys the best bond rating of any state in the country, which is fabulous. We have the highest bond rating you can have. Well, the bottom line is if you handcuff the legislature in terms of what taxes they can levy or not, and we already have a cap in the, in the Constitution, then what happens is if they can't levy at sufficient taxes, then you're bond, you basically fall into default and your bond rating drops significantly. Just look at California. That's what happened there. Um, it, it, you know, and, and so North Carolina bonds are safe. And some of the other states are not. So the bottom line is that's really the other side of the story when it comes to the income tax rate. And then you have the photo ID, and there are a lot of folks that think, okay, well, no big deal on photo ID, but it's never been a requirement. And this is a solution where a problem doesn't exist. You know, the the bottom line is is there's there's never been – any significant allegation of fraud in our in the people uh, able to vote, and does a um, uh, d- does a driver's license or an identification card that's government issued does that protect uh, the system in any way, shape, or form? Well, the answer is no, but it does, and what it's designed to do is to limit people from being able to vote. And I will tell you this, as a libertarian, I believe in people's right to vote and right to say, and I don't like any uh, attempt to limit people's right to vote. And it's not all about uh, necessarily what you call poor people that can't get to the DMV and get an ID card and go – I mean, if anybody has gone to DMV, it takes you forever to, to get a driver's license or an ID card, you stand in line behind 50 people and, you know, three hours later, you, you might get lucky. So, uh, you, you know, it's a pain. But, you know, people's driver's license expire. Um, I, I, you know, I represent a lot of seniors. And truthfully, it's um, uh, uh, there are a lot of folks who are – uh, seniors and have voted all their life, but they don't have an ID card or a driver's license anymore. And on, you know, right now you don't have to have one to vote. Um, and so, from my perspective, this is simply an attempt to limit uh, uh, people from voting who should be able to vote. And doesn't have anything to do with with other stuff. It, it so the bottom line is, from my perspective, every one of these amendments are either horrible. Or they're unnecessary. And so uh, it's, yes, we're in a constitutional crisis because two of these amendments uh, are as bad as it possibly can get, where two guys in the legislature who are n- don't uh, report to the rest of the, the citizens of the state, you and me, uh, these, these folks uh, want total control over our government, and they shouldn't get it, and we can't allow it to happen. That's very well said, Bill. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.
News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com. You can also call to schedule an appointment with Bill, 919 256 7000. 919 256-7000. That's how you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also register for free for the uh, seminars that Bill has going on this Wednesday. Uh, it's a great chance to help out and get valuable information about uh, long-term care and uh, veterans assistance. There's so much that you cover in these seminars, Bill, and it's, uh, as we've discussed over the past few weeks, uh, it may be more important than ever to go out and and listen to some of this information. Uh, Well, particularly when it comes uh, to the VA and some the rules change that I talked about last week, uh, we're in a crisis there as well for any uh, and all of our war period veterans, uh, particularly those who served in Korea and Vietnam. Um, the VA is getting ready to screw you, and we only have a couple weeks left um, in order to basically help you uh, get a benefit without having to wait for three years. Uh, the VA is doing its normal thing. How do they change their rules to where – they can deny more applications for deserving veterans and their families, and and so it's really important. And we will be talking about that at our seminars uh, on Wednesday, and so I, I do hope. But I want to go in a different direction again, and I apologize for this, but uh, there – and this is real unusual for me, but uh, for those uh, who know my background, basically when I was a young lawyer uh, – uh, actually, no, I take it back. I was actually in law school. Different. Uh, you know, that I'm going back to the dark ages here. <laughs> but because uh, <laughs> I've been practicing law for 43 years. But uh, but the bottom line is I had the opportunity for to work for one of the greatest heroes of North Carolina, and that was Senator Sam Irvin. No, Senator Sam. Now, why was he important to us? Senator, the most important thing to Senator Sam was protecting the Constitution of the United States. I learned so much from Senator Sam working for him, and it was a huge honor for me to do that back then. But I actually uh, worked on the this uh, uh, subcommittee for constitutional rights of the Senate Judiciary Committee, which Senator Sam chaired that subcommittee of the Judiciary Committee. And, of course, he's well-known uh, by most folks in North Carolina for what he did, not only for North Carolina, but the state. Because, truthfully, he was not our bread-and-butter senator. He was one who carried a constitution with, with him in his pocket all of the time, and that's what he talked about. How do we preserve that? And, and one of his most important issues was privacy, which, of course— he was worried, even back in the Dark Ages, about uh, computers and what it would do to privacy. And he was so right. And what kind of privacy do we have now? Very little, uh, which is, is really um, important. But the bottom line is that we, there is a fella in the North Carolina House of Representatives that because he's a constitutional scholar as well, and he speaks his mind, and his voice is primarily out there 
talking about this constitutional crisis uh, that we need to vote down when we go to the uh, ballot box uh, in November. Um, But he is an advocate for our Constitution inside the General Assembly. So he's fighting inside, and we don't— we don't have anybody like that. So let me mention Joe John. He's not in my district. I wish he were because I'd love to be able to vote for him. But he's he's in North Raleigh. And so for those folks in North Raleigh, I want you to know about your representative who makes you proud every day because he's far more concerned about this constitutional crisis in a, than about being reelected himself. But the truth is, uh, we in North Carolina need uh, Joe John in uh, the North Carolina House of Representatives because these folks there need to, to hear the message that he has to say. Now, you know, Joe John's a conservative. He is he's a former prosecutor. He's a former district court judge, former superior court judge. Uh, former Court of Appeals. He's the guy who uh, the state brought in to clean up the mess at DMV. He's the guy who the state brought in to clean up the mess at the SBI crime lab. Uh, All were extremely, but he's thought of extremely well by Republicans and Democrats. Um, uh, He, you know, because it's the message that's important. And so I want to do a shout-out, if you will, for Joe John because he's one of those folks that I hope the folks in North Raleigh, if they listen to this message, will understand the high caliber of person that we have. So I would would say he's an exception to the rule. And, uh, you know, when... When we've, uh, do we need to drain the swamp over there? We absolutely need to drain the swamp, but he's he's one that stands above the swamp, I think, and and deserves the support of those folks who are in his district. So, I can't speak highly enough of him as an attorney, as a judge, as a former prosecutor, and as an advocate for our constitution. Joe John's the guy. He he really is is saying the right things, and I respect him a great deal. Those are some character traits that we can stand behind. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. To asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you, you can go to wgalaw.com, wgalaw.com. That's where you can find more information about Bill's free seminars this Wednesday, October 10th. He's got three seminars uh, that you can register for for free to get uh, valuable information related to long-term care, uh, VA benefits. Uh, The list goes on and on about the the many services that uh, Bill can explain to you. And Bill, I know over the past few weeks, we've talked about uh, some big changes coming to VA benefits. Well, uh, and I would remind folks that our seminar is absolutely free. However, there's no food or drink or, you know, I guess we do give water. But the bottom line is, is that 
we're we're not trying to entice people. We're trying to educate folks on. Uh, and truthfully, there's so much misinformation on the street the, and about any kind of long-term care. And there's it's a rare family that does not need financial help when they have a long-term care crisis. And for those families who have uh, a, a veteran who served in our military during a war period, they didn't have to necessarily serve in Korea or Vietnam, but they have to have served somewhere in the military while those conflicts were going on. Those are war period veterans. There's a VA benefit for long-term care for those veterans. But the VA is getting ready. In fact, uh, they've already announced that they're changing their rules as of October 18th, 2018. They gave us 30 days notice on these rule changes. So again, those folks need, uh, if there's any possibility of a need anytime in the next couple years, these veterans and their families need to act now because you only have about a week left to implement these changes. You have seven days left to implement these changes. In essence, you got five business days left to implement these changes because as of October the 18th, there's a three-year look back and there's penalties and there's all sorts of uh, new rules that are coming into play. Not all of them are horrible, but that the same, in fact, some of them are helpful. But the bottom line is it's designed to keep people from getting the benefit that they deserved. So if you can get your planning done immediately in the next day or so, because it's some, some things that you need actually take um, more than a couple days to get it done. So the bottom line is this is the last emergency call you're going to get from me as it relates to the VA pension benefit, which is a long-term care benefit for, for war period veterans, their spouses, and widows. There's a benefit there. So if you don't know about it, come to the seminar um, because it's important. Yep, that's this Wednesday, October 10th. Again, you can register for free online at WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. You can also call the office at 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. That's how you can register for free. Again, this is uh, providing information. Uh, we're not feeding you or anything like that. As Bill said, I think there's some water there, but um, this is just uh, invaluable information that uh, is tremendously helpful. And again, if uh, this will uh, be something that you can benefit from, please get there this Wednesday, October 10th. Register online, wgalaw.com, or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you, you can still get more of Bill tomorrow morning on TV on CW22 at 8 a.m. with his TV show, Money Secrets. You can also find his book by the same name, Money Secrets with Bill and Mike. That is on Amazon. Just do a search for Money Secrets with Bill and Mike, and that book will pop up. Plenty of great information in there, Bill, uh, that really applies to everyone. It's it's a very well 
put together book that I'm sure everyone can find at least one or two things that apply to them, if not a whole lot more. Well, I, I appreciate Jason. I would say this, Jason, just for the folks. Now, for those folks interested in coming to the seminar, I will not be talking about our constitutional crisis. I will be talking about your family crisis when it comes to <laughs> long-term care. So I promise that I won't rant. Uh, as it relates to that. But, you know, some things are just too important not to talk about. I, I understand, Bill, and it's a very important time for our state, and uh, it's it, it's great information that you provide, uh, as well as great information in the seminar that you're going to have this Wednesday, October 10th. Again, WGALaw.com is the place to go to register and to find more information about Bill. 919-256-7000 is the number to call if you want to register for the seminar or schedule an appointment with Bill. we got to get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you'll do it again next Saturday at 11. It's Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great weekend.